You are now listening to The Scheist Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. NFL divisional playoffs are right around the corner, but first, the case for MVP and the other NFL awards. Hello once again, everybody. I'm your host, Nick Scheist, and today I am joined by the host of Welcome to Vangerville, Mr. Chris Vanger, as we discuss the slate of NFL awards. Well, we're officially recording now. It's the it's the MVP discussion show. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the season award show. First annual, right? First annual, yeah. Okay, cool. I got to wrangle in some new music today while I wait for this episode to actually download to the cloud for me. Cool. Uh, so we'll have some new award show music for this episode probably leave the sound effects out of it but we'll see Hmm. sound effects are cool yeah so this was born out of us arguing about aaron Rodgers, whether or not he's the true mvp of the season and that conversation between us was also born out of me arguing with people on twitter about this because basically since i want to say maybe week eight or nine it's just been put out there that like he's the unquestioned MVP, unquestionable, uh-huh. unquestionable, unquestionable. There he's the no odds-on favorite in Vegas by a good margin. Yeah, being the favorite and being unquestionable are different things, though. So I would agree that he's probably the favorite because the narrative has been put out there, you know, for the last like two months of the season or or more. And I mean, he definitely had a good season. But yeah, I wanted to understand like why there was no questioning. His, right. Also, uh, he his got reign. more all pro votes, and I think it's the same voters. So Aaron got way more all pro votes than Brady. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody that plays with him obviously knows that you know you play against him, you know what you're going up against. So I think like yeah. with players, like there's a certain like level of respect for your fellow players there. Where with the media and the sports writers, uh, there's just there's a lot of things that get in the way, like. There's a I've recorded on ESPN, but it's about Barry Bonds and how one of like ESPN's famous sports writers was just like, I don't know if I can vote for Barry Bonds into the Hall Mm -hmm. of Fame. It's his last year of eligibility at year 10. And so just to see how many different like factors come into whether or not this person can vote for Barry Bonds to be in the Hall of Fame definitely tells me that like the MVP voting like let's call it uh, the Academy voting for the Oscars, right? Like yeah, you see a film that gets a lot of buzz before it comes out. Once it comes out, it gets very strong critical reviews. And then it has a campaign that runs through award season and then starts picking up momentum. And it's like, by the time it reaches the Oscars, like, you know, it's already been decided at that point. For sure, for sure. And by the Whether way, or not that movie is the best movie or not. Right. I mean, there's a whole campaign 
when you when the Oscars happen and how you handle that campaign is whether you win or not. Sometimes it's not how good the film is. It's how well did you suck up to this writer at a party? Um, but by the way, the all pro votes are decided by the media. Well, they are decided by the media? Yes. So in the 50 all pro votes. Oh, it's that, the Pro Bowl that's decided by the the fans. The yeah, I'm talking about like all pro team. Gotcha. The 20, yeah, pro like team. we were talking about how like your your Buffalo safety's kind of got jabbed at a little bit because they the didn't problem. get as many votes. But they both made the all pro team. But not the first all pro team. Like George, Jordan Poyer's first team and Micah Hyde's yeah, second team. Micah Hyde's second team. Yeah. Um Jordan Poyer, let me just look at how many votes he got. Um, Jordan Poyer got 12 All-Pro votes. Micah Hyde got 10. Kev, Kevin Byard of the Titans, he got 41. So it looks like there's... Um, and so in regards to Brady and Rodgers, of the 50, Brady got 16 and Aaron Rodgers got 34. So these, I think, are the same people. So these are the pro football writers. Correct. Okay. I well, feel like it's the same people that are going to decide the MVP. Yeah, of course. So well, it makes total crazy. sense. Then. Yes, I, I was 100% wrong. It is not the players. That is like the top 100, the NFL. Top, I love that when it's like this. That's the players vote. But this one is the press. And there weren't too many unanimous votes, but Rogers wasn't unanimous. He was 34, Brady 16. So I just feel like that's how the MVP vote's going to go. And that's why your boy Aaron Rodgers is probably going to get it, even though you persuaded me that he probably doesn't deserve it as much as the guy playing for Tampa. So why don't you give me your position? Like, where did you start where you were like, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP? And mm -hmm. I yeah, mean, you, you were pretty I mean, firm on it when you when we started talking. I about was it. I was. And I think I think because um, it's by media. Right. And so the media is out there saying Aaron Rodgers MVP. You look at the Vegas odds. So already I'm kind of biased by reading what the experts say is going to happen. Right. So that's where I'm like, OK, this is my context of why I think he's going to be MVP. I've watching every single red zone every single week and seeing a lot of teams play and just looking at his numbers. I just think the efficiency and also the duplication of his numbers from last year. Yes, he doesn't have as many touchdown passes, but I feel like the, the same type of like QBR rating and all those metrics, like it's very similar to what he did last year and he won the MVP. Yes, he had more touchdowns. I said that, but I feel like it was a similar season. He didn't need to throw as many touchdowns because that team's better. Um, and I just think you kind of look at, okay, if you took a team off, a player off of a team, that's how I look at MVP a lot. If you took a player off of a team, how's that team doing, right? The value of that player. Uh, and so if you took Brady off of the Bucks with that defense, I feel like you could throw a game manager in there and they're still going to win games. With Green Bay... You know, I think they did win one game that Aaron didn't play in, right? Did they win that game? No, they lost to Kansas City, right? They, they when, did, yes. When that one quarterback played. I just think you take Aaron Rodgers off that team. Uh, he's just so good that that there's the edge a little bit over Brady. But you persuaded me otherwise. I will say that in talking about Aaron Rodgers, like comparing him to last year, which for like, first of all, like I don't think his last year stats should factor into whether or not he gets MVP this season. But mm -hmm. since you brought it up, he had about, he had 11 less touchdowns this mm -hmm. season and like hmm, five to 750 yards less. Like mm -hmm. he threw 48 touchdowns last season. He probably ran for a couple too. So you're talking about 50 total touchdowns. Like that's like, that's the kind of MVP season where it's like, okay, this is maybe inarguable at this yeah. point. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, does he lead the league in 
passing? No. Does he lead the league in passing touchdowns? No. Does he lead the league in completion percentage? No. Uh, mm-hmm. Did he? I think he led. And I think just to say, he, he led in fewest touchdowns among qualified passers and quarterback rating. So yeah, like very efficient I don't as always. Think you can look at each like when you said passing, like. I, I would argue that did he lead the league in passing last year or did someone throw more yards than him last year? He and I know you don't factor with the, with it. the way he had the yardage. Yeah, I just think that passing yardage doesn't necessarily equivalent to MVP, even though a lot of MVP is just stats and numbers. Um, I think, you know, it's just kind of like a race where he had it, he's the odds on favorite, and he didn't make a mistake. I think in our discussion about it, I talked about two games, a two-game stretch where Rodgers was amazing and Brady was terrible. And that's where Brady lost it because I thought Brady had it. Uh, by the way, the whole the MVP conversation changes throughout the year. Weren't we talking about Matt Stafford in week seven? They were like, he's the odds on favorite in Vegas to win MVP. Yeah, um, but that's why the conversation is always weird. Like Matt Stafford was never MVP, but I did include him in my... Uh, organizational chart when I started looking through all the numbers just to I was like I want to include him just to because the Rams were good and because he did have good numbers so I'm going to throw him in there with the other good quarterbacks and see how he stacks up yeah I mean Murray was week 11 and we kind of saw he's not at MVP so it's like the conversation changes all the time and when it got to Aaron Rodgers like this is the guy he didn't make any mistakes he won his games he finished off his you know crisp not perfect year but just good enough year to be you know what this guy is the most important most valuable player and i think they give it to him again i think it's almost a lock after seeing these all pro votes but tom brady had probably one of the best tom brady seasons of all time uh, except for his like randy moss year but uh, and to to do it at 44 like dude this guy the bucks need that guy and and all the metrics that we looked at all the comebacks and, and yardage and touchdowns and percentage of the offense that you bring up i love that's where josh allen i think takes takes the lead on that he does yeah i personally think he could win mvp if 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 i had a vote based i'm probably voting josh allen just because yeah because he's not going to get any other mvp votes exactly. so i'd be like i'm gonna he didn't throw, get I'm any all pro votes like the throw dude, me a freaking bone here the dude was amazing this year and had some ups and downs and it's like you don't give it to the guy that has ups and downs like even though his numbers were great josh allen had some ups and downs this year and i think rogers didn't have that game like the josh allen at the jaguars or josh allen at home against the patriots in the wind and snow or tom brady at home losing all his receivers getting shut out by the by the new orleans saints like there's all these terrible games these guys have and it like knocks their mvp status down for some reason and so rogers never had that game he had covid missed one game but other than that the dude was a beast I mean, the first game of the season, they got completely obliterated. That's true. And But again, MVP votes, you forget. Like, yeah. I think people forgot about that first game. I mean, it was the first game. So it's like, I think, yeah. he, you know, deserves credit for like, hey, this isn't going to be our whole season. Like, and the whole offseason leading up to it to like, is he going to stay in Green Bay? Like, does he yeah. want to be there? Does he want to play for this team? And then they come out and it looks like they didn't give a shit in that game. And they got completely embarrassed. Uh, but, you know, they rebounded and they only lost two games the whole rest of the season. So it is what it is. But looking at Rodgers last year, the yardage was about the same, but he had 11 fewer touchdowns. Like, So that's a big drop-off in terms of production. True, 11 fewer wise. touchdowns, but the same amount of wins. Same so, amount of wins, yeah. So sometimes I think, like, 
he had to throw those touchdowns to keep him in games, but it's like, it's not his fault if they're up 35 to 10 in the fourth and they don't need him to throw touchdowns. Like that shouldn't hurt your MVP vote. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying that in terms of like where, where he was, like he led the league in both completion percentage, touchdowns, touchdown percentage and lowest interception percentage, uh, adjusted yards per average last year quarterback rating and qbr so it's like he led in all those different categories last year he didn't lead the league in passing but he still had more passing yards last year mm-hmm. than he did uh this season and since you brought up like his team right there's this narrative that uh aaron Rodgers is always on like the lesser team than tom brady he's surrounded by less talent uh and therefore like it increases his mvp odds um but like, you oh, said, I, don't like, I don't like that narrative at all. I think both players have amazing weapons around them. Yeah, and I agree. And both last year and this year, Green Bay has a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. So the idea that like Aaron Rodgers hasn't been surrounded by talent in the way that Tom Brady has is incorrect. Mm, and like it's that. an insulting narrative. And also beyond that, people don't look at the fact that like Tom Brady was taking far below market value for many, many years in New England to be able to field a good team over and over again right right so he wanted like the offensive line to like be you know solid in front of him so he took less money he's not even making top dollar for a quarterback right now he's just making better money than he did in new england right i mean he pretty much you know it's so funny because aaron Rodgers wants to be tom brady he wants the type of power and roster like like it choices that tom brady has tom brady pretty much made that offense you know well, like he brought those guys over or they had godwin and evans but he's like gronk you know, here, I want Fournette. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers has that. The next team Aaron Rodgers plays for, he will. I know, and I just feel like this is Aaron Rodgers' last game for Green Bay coming up. That's what I hope. <laughs> it could be. And so, I mean, that's another thing, like, because it, it all started with me, like, arguing, like, these, whether or not, like, Twitter Aaron, trolls. Aaron, exactly. Like, whether or not Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time versus oh, Tom Brady. That? And it's like, I don't think it's so. crazy. So it's like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's got all the tools you want. Like someone called him a build a quarterback. And this is someone in like football media that I'm talking to. And he's like, he's basically a build a quarterback. Like, what's the argument against him? I'm like, well, Drew Brees had equal career success. Peyton Manning had more career success. Tom Brady's had more career success. And all these guys aren't the prototype quarterbacks that Aaron Rodgers is. So I think, how can you say that this guy is the greatest of all time when he's not even the greatest among his peers like he does have all the stuff that you want but there's obviously something there that isn't getting them over the hump to be like the favorite to win the super bowl every year to even get to a second super bowl mm-hmm. and well they're the would, favorite this year aren't they i'm sure they are but yeah. you, you had mentioned that uh he wants the power that tom brady has and that people go to tampa to play with tom Mm-hmm. And like, if that doesn't tell you right there who the better quarterback is, then I don't know. Like, why isn't Aaron? Why isn't Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay commanding all the best free agents every year? Why aren't people like, hey, I want to go play with Aaron Rodgers and win a Super Bowl? Well, he's got one. And he what year one. was that? One. Twenty thirteen. Like, yeah, and Tom Brady just keeps defying the odds. And it sounds. And by the way, I've heard probably if you had a choice, who would you rather play for? in the offense who do you want to be in the huddle with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady I think most players are probably saying Tom Brady like I hear Tom Brady is the best teammate he works the hardest yeah. by the way it doesn't sound like Aaron Rodgers works the hardest when he's off for the summer with Shailene Woodley when Tom Brady was probably throwing passes to Chris Godwin like and I know Tom Brady and but because Aaron Rodgers can do that because he's so good right he 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 can just 
it seems like the dude can just wake up and play quarterback. Like when you say build a quarterback, I see that. He's amazing. Yeah, 100%. He, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a no doubt Hall First of Famer. Ballot. Um, but, you know, they just like Tom, all these quarterbacks have weaknesses, you know, and and that's Aaron's just kind of felt it played some good, some tough teams. And and he's amazing, but it's there's only one team that wins the Super Bowl, and it takes 53 guys, not one. So, and I know Tom Brady is one, but Tom Brady is he's just a little better. <laughs> I mean, I think so. But yeah, I've also watched him play for 20 years, where it's like no. if you only watch football for the last 10 years, the narrative has been that Aaron Rodgers is the best. But if you actually line up their seasons since Aaron Rodgers was a full-time starter and Tom Brady was a full-time starter. And you look at the numbers and I just like showed you the stats. You could probably pick out who Rodgers is because of the lower interception numbers, but the numbers are so close. Like yeah. they're so close that it's a push realistically. It's like if who's better statistically, it like just falls away at that point. And then it's like who has better leadership and team success over those 13 years. And it's very easily Tom. But I guess yeah. my, my question to you beyond that would be like, obviously the MVP uh, race is decided before we've gotten to this point. I mean, there's, I think I don't it's know awarded we, this weekend. Okay. So, I, well, better, the best, uh, I want to say got it done right now. Aaron Rodgers, they're going to name it tomorrow well, that good. he's going to get it. We should get this show done then. I um, think, I think I read that, that he's going <laughs> to accept the, he probably gets the award before the game on tomorrow night. Okay. So, well, <laughs> We'll talk about that game separately tomorrow when we okay. do our little breakdown show. Tune but in tomorrow, yeah, tune in tomorrow, Saturday. You'll we'll never drop guess it. Who I picked we'll, to win, right? I know. Well, they can't see you wearing your 49ers. Oh, outfit. okay. Um, I was. If they've listened to your show before, they probably already know I'm a 49. They know. They know. Um, yeah. What I was going to say is, if the Packers lose at home uh-huh. with Aaron Rodgers as the MVP and with a top 10 offense and defense, if they don't make it past this weekend, shouldn't that just be the end of the discussion? Like they're better than the Niners on offense. They're better than the Niners on defense on paper. Yeah. I think the playoffs are a different beast. And I think that you could have better players on one side, but when one team is playing as a team uh, and just the, the energy, it's, I just think if Aaron Aaron Rodgers is odds on favorite to win the game tomorrow, to win the NFC championship, to win MVP, totally do a Brett Favre from 1996 where I feel like he won the MVP. They beat the Niners in the second round. They went on to win the Super Bowl with Brett that one year. Uh, and so he's primed to do that. And if he doesn't do that, then you, of course, can be like, well, you're not who we thought we were. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't, well, if he doesn't get past this weekend, like how much of an MVP are you? Like you lost your first round game at home with a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense and you're the MVP. Like that tells me that like maybe you're not really the MVP. It definitely tells me you're not the greatest quarterback of all time. He's never beat the 49ers in the playoffs, but we'll save He's that for tomorrow. He's <laughs> 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. And yeah, I can't wait. Get, let's we'll, get to we'll it. say that for tomorrow but here i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna share something with you okay uh yeah, let me see i need to choose a chrome tab there we go okay can you see this now yeah all right so this is broken down by player mm-hmm. by rank mm-hmm. and by so you see the ones you see do you see my mouse yeah okay so right here this is among the players that i've selected in this group Mm-hmm. This is the group leader. Okay. And then this in yellow is league leader. 
Okay. So Tom Brady leads in completions, attempts, passing yards, yards per game, passing touchdowns, total air yards, 20 yard completions, uh, lowest pressured percentage, the uh, lowest sack percentage, uh-huh. total offense, uh-huh. uh, total touchdowns, total yeah. points scored and points per game. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers leads in touchdown percentage, uh, lowest interceptions, lowest interception percentage, QBR and total QBR and first down percentage. So definitely like good categories, right? Um, uh-huh. And then you can see their ranks in all of the other spots. But uh, yeah, like Joe Burrow here, mm-hmm. first in completion percentage, first in uh, yards per attempt. He leads the MVP quarterback group in yards per completion. He leads the league in on target throws and fewest bad throws. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Burrow's got a very good argument if it was for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady being in the league. So the thing that I'm going to look at, like I went through all this advanced passing, rushing, scoring. Nice. Uh, yeah, this is a huge waste of time here, but it's going to come in handy right now. So this is what I want to look at all the way down here. Total touchdowns, right? Uh-huh. So when you're talking about like what's valuable in the NFL, what's more valuable than points? I would say fewer interceptions is not as valuable as points. The one thing that I couldn't like calculate into this that probably actually does have value would be uh, points off turnovers, right? So like that should count against, I would say, like the total uh, points scored. But I couldn't get that deep into it. Like I would have to look through every single game. Yeah, you got pretty deep. See which interceptions led to points for the other team and then take those points off of the total points like. So you'd have a, adjusted net points for each guy. So Aaron Rodgers would probably lead in that category because he only had the handful of turnovers, right? Mm-hmm. So he would probably lead in uh, adjusted net points. But in total points, Tom is scoring more points per game. Uh, and then down here, 78.2% of his team's total offense. Mm-hmm. Where Aaron Rodgers is only 67%. So like when you're talking about something... Uh, in terms of value, like Tom Brady's close to 80% of his team's entire offensive mm-hmm. output. Rodgers is less than 70%. And so Rodgers can be efficient and the team gets up and they play with the lead and stuff like that. Uh, and we've seen it. And you look at a lot of like Green Bay's, I'd say like last two months of the season and they're in games where they're winning like 30 to 20. Uh, I think the Ravens game, they won 30 to 31. They gave mm-hmm. up you know, two touchdowns at the end of the game. Uh, Cleveland, they beat them 24-22. Yeah, so there's a lot of close games in there. So I don't think they're like they're blowing teams out where Rodgers no, is not uh, playing at the end, especially over the last yeah. Of the season. When you when you show me those numbers, it just makes me re- think that they realize that if they want to win in the playoffs, they're not going to figure out how to run the ball. Right? He's 0-3 in the playoffs against the 49ers because they didn't run the ball in those games. I think a major key to tomorrow is can the Packers get above 85 yards rushing uh, on the ground obviously um tomorrow and i think that those numbers of his decline is because of that like they ran the ball more that's why his percentage of offense isn't as big because you know i remember last year when he won mvp they got down to the one yard line it was Devonte adams like on an out as opposed yeah. to now they're going to hand it to aj Dillon. yeah and and inside the five they're going to try to get to aj Dillon a couple times so the offense changed so does that factor into his value to the team because so. because because even though his percentage of touch per offense is at 67 you could argue that there are touchdowns that he's not getting credited for just because who he is 
right? So when you line up and you see Aaron Rodgers at the two yard line, you can't just assume they're going to run the ball because he's so good. So when they do, you're kind of not as stacked as you would want to be because of who he is, if that makes sense. But wouldn't that then translate to Josh Allen? Like you see him at the two yard oh, line and he's much Josh, more of a dual threat guy than uh By the way, Josh Rogers. Allen, I see here on your lovely chart had 35 drop passes. I think that's the most, or do yep. you have it in second? Second um, most, uh, uh, second most in the league, but leader amongst the group of MVP candidates. Yeah, and fifth, and fifth like, highest drop percentage. Right, and and so again, again, do you say, oh, it's because Josh Allen throws too hard of a ball? A little bit, or because okay. Tom, because Aaron Rodgers has only thirteen. Now, is that because you got to look at how many, what percentage of targets is that to the best receiver in the league? Or is he the best receiver in the league because he has Aaron Rodgers? Like, it's it's whatever you think. Yeah, I would say, so look at bad throw percentage, right? So Rodgers is 19th. He's, you know, uh, he's actually it's a little bit worse than Brady in terms of bad throw percentage based mm-hmm. on, like, this particular metric. Uh, and then Allen's in there, you know, 24th in... Uh, good throw percentage yeah and i you know what's so funny is like that's a tough metric because it's like is a throwaway a bad throw considered a bad throw like that's a, that's a good question i don't know what comes into it i'd have to do more research i'm just using uh yeah yeah no, no, i know data that i have at my fingertips i think based on numbers you got to give it to tom brady but these sports writers don't just do it based on numbers they do it with their eye test. They remember certain games where this value of this player put that team over the top. And they probably, they, I would love to hear every single uh, voter's explanation. It should be like, this is why I voted for him. And here's a paragraph why. Yeah. And I'd be like, here, you guys should all look at this table right here. Yeah. Here's a table that the Shice put together. Yeah. And obviously, if you look at this table, it's a Tom Brady lock. Um, by the way, the dude is 44. He's breaking records. He's the GOAT. You think they just give it to him out of respect? Yeah, and I guess like my ultimate question is that can a guy who like when you're talking about like actual value to your team, like what's more valuable than leading the league in points, points per game, total touchdowns and accounting for 80% of your team's offense and 52.8% of mm-hmm. their points, right? Like to me that's like how is that in, in any way less valuable? Than what Rodgers is doing and Rodgers of course like he's still top five in total touchdowns and points scored and points per game and he actually still is a very high percentage of his team's points which I think is maybe the probably the best thing in his argument mm-hmm. against Tom Brady is that he is a higher percentage of his team's total scoring than Tom even though he's a lower percentage of their total offensive output yeah no that's a, that's a good argument for Aaron Rodgers yeah and I think at some point these two amazing players have had two amazing seasons and you got to have all these metrics but then you look at who finished two t- team had a better season. And yes, they both had 13 wins, but the Packers have home field advantage. And that's the that's another thing you got to look at. They do. But in all of the conversations that I've had with people that want to argue that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady, mm-hmm. they don't let me use win loss record as something in Tom's favor. So if that's a team record, right? then it should not be able to count in favor of Aaron Rodgers' MVP case. Mm, why don't they let you use that? Because that they're like, sense. because like if you look at their wins and loss record, like Tom Brady is so far superior to Aaron Rodgers in terms of their wins and losses. It's people don't like letting you use that to well, not this year. Tom Brady. Not this well, year. Not this and year I'd argue overall. not over the last three years. Aaron Rodgers has 39 wins in three years. I think that's the most of any quarterback. 
whatever. We're talking about this season. They have the same amount of wins, and in their careers from 2008 to 2021, Tom you, has more. But I don't understand why they don't let you use that in the argument. I understand they both have 13 wins, but one team finished better than the other team. The reason that they won't that they won't accept it as part of the argument as for why Tom Brady's better is because a it helps the argument for him, mm -hmm. but b they want to say that it's a uh, a team accomplishment. Whereas I'm saying that there's a reason that they count win-loss records for quarterbacks. And I think it is properly attributed to them because if you look at how an NFL organization is structured, the quarterback is the money position. And so just yeah. follow the money. Like the quarterback makes more money than the coach. So yeah. the quarterback, it should be responsible for wins and losses because your ultimate yeah. job, your ultimate job as the quarterback is to, to win. win the game. Exactly. Yeah. You understand it because we're like the same age and we've been watching football for the same amount of yeah. time. And so the the narrative has been like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers is better because he's had like better statistical numbers for X amount of time. And it's like, yeah, but what does he have to show for it? Like, no, no, no. A, a get some MVPs and some playoff losses at home. Like you could argue Jimmy Garoppolo's stats are nowhere near any of these guys, but right. he could be the 49ers MVP because of his win-loss record when he's on the field. There is a quite a discrepancy. Whether you like Jimmy Garoppolo or not, when he's on the field, the 49ers win. So there's obviously something with the way he plays. Even though he's throwing picks that let games in, even though he's making terrible decisions, when he's on the field, we have the best chance to win of any player. Bosa... Warner, like if you take Jimmy away from us, we're not nearly as good. And you could argue he's our MVP, but his numbers aren't there. Yeah. And the reason, since you brought it up, uh, the guy that I would look at um, for the Niners and be like, this is your MVP is Debo. Is Debo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like he still finished the season with like 1,400 receiving yards. Uh, he didn't really have the like the touchdowns uh, receiving, but he had 14 total touchdowns because he picked up a lot on the ground. Yeah. 1,700 total yards yep. uh, on the season. Like I think he's got a pretty good case, honestly. He does. For MVP overall. Like I no, no, he does. But I think if you went through just based on wins and losses, the record with and I don't have it in front of me, but the 49ers record with Jimmy on the field versus when he's not is so drastic. It's wild. Yeah. Um, the, the last game that you guys played without Debo, I was like, if Debo doesn't play, I'm not picking you guys. And then they ended up losing that game. It was to oh, Seattle, yeah, we, I think. <laughs> yeah, of course. Seattle's always a tough game. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who's on the field. Like Seattle and the 49ers is always going to be a battle. Every NFC, I'm shocked that the Cardinals just didn't show up against the Rams. Uh, yeah. I thought they at least would do something but just seattle kind of showed how bad that team actually was in that final week of the season yeah um but, Ex but expose them defensively that yeah. like there's just so many things you can do against them and it's like yeah chandler jones is great and they have some good young players uh you know buddha bakers mm -hmm. it's sucked to i see love isaiah simmons the field. like yeah isaiah simmons another good young player uh jj watt he wasn't fully healthy I told, I told you he was going to be on a snap count, but yeah, they'll, yeah be, they'll be fine next year. Like they'll get Hopkins back, but they uh, need Hopkins Kyler, and they probably got to get better to be honest. Yeah. Kyler's got to get better. Uh, and he will, he's super young. Um, they need, I would say their needs are offensive line and they need another receiver. I'm sorry. They need all these teams have two to three receivers. You can't just have one. Well, it's weird that it's like Kirk was like his go-to guy, but Kirk is not like 
the slot receiver that uh like a Cole Beasley or uh like a Tyler Lockett can be cup yeah like Renfro Tyler needs a guy that can like get open in small spaces and just like be on the same page with him there was a play during that Rams game where they're running a screen and they drop back and Tyler's getting pressure in his face and like he knows Connor is on the other side of this pass rush for the Mm -hmm. screen yeah he just like tosses the ball when Connor's not looking and it just like floats up in the air almost gets picked and like so that just tells me that like the pressure is getting to him and it's making him like speed up his decision making and he couldn't see Connor so it's like Kyler yeah, being small. that, yeah, Kyler being that small, like the way they have to block in order to open up the passing lanes for him, like you have to have a ridiculously good offensive line. No, he should be watching. He sh- he he. Before the season started, he was on my keeper league, uh, and I didn't keep. And it, people, when I let him go, I had such a good value the year before because I was on Kyler the year before, and he was massive. Mm-hmm. And second half of the season last year, he got hurt. He hurt mm-hmm. his shoulder scrambling, and then that first ten weeks. When he was balling, he's running. Yeah. That's his strength. He is so fast. He is smart with the ball, but he got hurt. And I feel like I didn't want him in this season just because he. I didn't think he was going to run, and he didn't. He didn't run nearly as much as they needed him to. And especially when Hopkins went out of the game, he needed to run more if they wanted to win, and he didn't. And you know what? That turnover he had, the pick six where he Carson Wentz it, oh, yeah. that can't happen cannot that cannot happen in a playoff game and that's desperation and he learns he's gonna learn that was his first playoff game we had matt stafford been in the league for how long finally won his first playoff game so kyler's gonna be fine he just i would watch videos of drew Brees. he needs to watch how drew used his height not to his advantage but in a way that he didn't have these problems where he couldn't see over the offensive line like his footwork his maybe it was the Sean Payton offense, but I don't know. I see I could see Cliff getting fired. Yeah, I mean, last year it was like they got off to that hot start as well, and then they collapsed down the second half. I think they were like seven and three or something. Then they missed the playoffs at like eight and eight. Uh, yeah, I remember we had a conversation after he had the hail mary against the Bills, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, these guys are pretty good," and you didn't believe in them, and you were right. Um, but they're a different team when Hopkins is on the field in so many ways. They are. He's, you know, arguably the best receiver in the league, or at least he's yeah. in that conversation. Uh, but coming off a knee injury, coming back, like he's not getting any younger. So it's yeah. going to be hard. They're going to need something else besides him. AJ Green is not, you know, get, going to get any younger either. So they're. And by the way, they're in the toughest division in football, in my opinion. They are. That's probably the biggest thing you got going for the Niners is that, like, that division produced three teams that had 10 wins or more. Mm-hmm. And, and you had to fight, like, every you know, weak to stay on top of it. And even Seattle, who's not very good, could still snake bite a good team. I mean, they beat both the 49ers and the Cardinals in the last month of the season once Russell was finally healthy. I'm pretty sure they beat the 49ers twice. Yeah, because I think them, the, they beat them in like week two or three. Also. The only wins the 49ers had against the division was the Rams. Oh, those are good ones to have, though. Yeah, they were. All right, so let's move well, on to the next award. Is this is this an award show? We're going um, through each one. Yeah, I think maybe we'll talk. Uh, let me see if I can. Hold on, let me stop sharing this other screen with you. Or can you see this right now? What I'm looking at? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Uh, these are two guys who, you know, were on the outside, maybe looking in. I think Cup 
overall like you're looking he's first in catches first in targets uh his catch percentage was not as good but the way it's ranked like the qualifying number he won the receiver great. triple crown i mean he that's did. the wide receiver triple crown that's tough i'd like he to did. know the last player to do that uh i don't know Fonse, we, don't, we, don't have rice. Toast. we need toast um, i want to say it's jerry rice we should have toast come on he probably is free but yeah that yeah. is a jerry rice type of thing and Cooper Cup, also the eye test. When you watch the Rams game, you, I was saying Cooper Cup for MVP after a couple of those games because that's all Stafford looks at. Yeah, so that's the problem in, in Stafford's argument for MVP is that when you look at like his 4,000, you know, 4,500 passing yards, like 2,000 of those are Cooper yeah, Cup. Yeah, but same with Adams, right? Like Adams has a shitload of yards for, for Aaron Rodgers, right? Uh, he does, yeah, but uh, a lower percentage than Cooper Cup has for Stafford. And in terms of this number right here is pretty impressive, too. First downs. Oh, yeah. Leads the league by a huge chunk in first downs. Uh, by the way, that is a valuable stat. It that is, it is, is a value. It is. And on our quarterback chart, it's on there on first down percentage, and Aaron Rodgers does lead in that. Uh, there you go. Percentage also, of passes I'd love to know, and maybe, I don't know if this was on, but third down conversions. Yeah, it wasn't in there. I don't know why. I got to find some other, you know, yeah, statistical sites. Talk about value. That's what you need to win in the NFL is third down conversions. That's why if you look at every team that's won every NFL game, look at their third down conversion rate. And usually who's better in that stat wins the game. Yep. Like convert third downs. They're super important. So valuable. And I'd love to know the stats on that when it comes to these guys. Yeah, defense is typically geared to get the offense into third and long, right? If yeah. you're long, if you're longer than third and seven, it's like okay, the odds are they're going to throw, and we can kind of scheme against a throw that we know is coming, and that's how you play defense in the NFL, yeah. more or less, right? If the you get to if you yeah. get to less than third and five or third and five or less, you can run a draw, you can run a sweep, quarterback runs, like it opens up the the playbook so much more than being in third and long. Yeah. He's a beast. Cup's a beast. I think Cup has more of a, a I know Taylor was amazing. He was. And if you look, he's first in rushing touchdowns, first in attempts, yeah. first in yards, first in uh I don't know why I put touchdowns on there twice, but first downs also leading by a huge margin of first downs. Uh he had the long on the season, surprisingly. His yards per carry was I think fifth overall. For some reason mm -hmm. I didn't type that in. Uh yards per game first, fumbles, you know. The way they mm -hmm. counted is weird, but uh, not a huge problem for him. And then his total scrimmage yards, right? Total 20 touchdowns, 5.8 yeah. per touch, 21.71 on total yards on 372 touches. So, yeah. yeah, if he was on a team that made the playoffs, he would have a much better argument. But I, I think you saw down the last, like, three games of the season, whether it was uh, the Raiders or uh, Jacksonville or whoever that last game was. like It was Jags. Yeah, but there was another. There was a third game in there where that they like, lost. Yeah, like he should be able to take this game over. And like, how valuable are you really if the other team can like take you away and then your team gets embarrassed in Jacksonville? Yeah, great season, no. fantastic season. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers was Jonathan Taylor's quarterback, he probably wins MVP. <laughs> He would have a good case. So one of these guys could arguably be if you're going to like throw the quarterbacks out of the conversation, it's Cooper Cup is MVP. If you're looking at like offensive so. player and you still take quarterbacks out of the conversation, I don't see how it's not Cooper Cup. Yeah. Devontae's right there like with him, but 
just like the stuff that Cooper Cup was able to do. And like, you can't really take him away. I don't think he's had like a terrible game. Like, even his worst game was like, oh, he had like five catches for 60 yards and a I touchdown. Mean, like, that's I a really good day at the office for everybody like, else in the NFL. It's, I feel like his worst game was this past Sunday. Like, dude was in non-existent. The score was 28 nothing. They didn't even need him in the second half. And I think they just fed him some catches and get him a touchdown just so he's happy. And even though yeah. he seems like the guy who doesn't care, he is like the prototypical receiver that all these guys want. It was cool hearing about Peyton talk about, and Eli how or I think it was Peyton on this most recent Manning cast, talk about how he his speed is like perfect for quarterbacks. Like he's not too fast. He's not slow. His routes are perfect. He's smart about the game. He is the prototypical wide receiver right now that you want. And it's crazy. Yeah, and they, they mentioned him in the same breath there with Devontae Adams, like having that conversation where it's like, I think what makes the guys that are like at the elite top of the food chain good is that they are fast, but they understand like how to use their speed. Some guys yeah. have like, some guys are like, you know, three gear players where it's like you have like one, two, three, and then you can't like throttle down, right? Like Cooper Cup is a guy who's like a six gear runner who he knows how fast he is. He knows how to use just a little bit of throttle to create space when he's coming out of his break he knows how to kind of like bait you into thinking that like he's going to be slow and then get behind you on the defense mm -hmm. he, you know he can beat you in a straight line if he needs to maybe not like the full length of the field but just enough to to get his spot uh and he's an excellent route runner so it's like he's not tripping over his own feet out there like some guys who are really fast uh they have like a guy, I would say like Isaiah McKenzie, right? Who's excellent, uh, mm -hmm. but like just learning like how to become like a, a full-time receiver. And the Bills like still don't really use him in the Cole Beasley role that much because like he's so fast that like he has to find like the different gears where it's like you can't just run full speed all the time. Right. That's, no. That's and that Cole Beasley is very good at is he knows how to just like use his speed to his advantage. And yeah. Tyreek like Hill is not necessarily like a great route runner, but when he's scrambling, like he's just so blazing fast that if you make a mistake uh he's gonna beat you if you just like cushion him too much because you don't want to get beat deep and he takes you across the field he's gonna beat you just be just with the lightning speed but i wouldn't say tyree kill is like an exceptional level route runner at all no but he's he's his speed allows him to just run routes that and his quickness like you just have to have quickness but if you looked at his routes they're pretty good He's he's a solid route runner, but I would say Cooper Cup is a step above him. Better, of course. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, listen, Cooper Cup has my vote for Offensive Player of the Year. That's the next award, right? Yeah, I would say that had Jonathan Taylor, like, had his team just made the playoffs and not like just completely imploded during the last like three games of the season, I would probably give it to Taylor because yeah. I'm just I'm a little bit running back biased because that's a position that's super brutal to play and to even be on the field for all 17 games. And yep. not leave uh, is pretty impressive, but I would also I would lean towards Cup in that conversation, mm -hmm. taking Agreed. the quarterback out of it. So one of them that's going to be fun, I want to say, let's do offensive rookie of the year. Okay, and tough. I mean it is tough, but I think I think it's, it's a lot. Gotta, though. It's got to be Chase, right? Yeah, no question. Who else is in that conversation for you? Um. Jalen Waddle. He came on late, yeah. He came on late, wasn't nearly as good as Chase, uh, but he was pretty damn good. I'm trying to think who else was just a great offensive rookie. Um, and not too many come to mind. I mean, you could also, like, it's, you would never give it to Rashawn Slater from the, from the offensive linemen don't get it. 
but Rashawn Slater of the the Chargers was a fine. Justin Herbert doesn't have the season that he has without that kid on left tackle. What about Najee? Um, Najee Najee finished with 1,200 yards. Najee, that's one I'm forgetting. Najee, I think, has more of an argument than Waddle, especially with the last couple weeks and and everyone focusing on Big Ben's last game. Najee was pretty amazing. Kyle Pitts probably would have been there, too. Percentage of teams' offense with rookies, he's up there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Chase had like 1,440 yards, something like that. Uh, he was in all the top 10 like receiver categories, and he was top five in most of them as well. Kyle Pitts had Atlanta figured out how to use him like in the first six weeks of the season, probably would have been up he there. He didn't score in, enough. In argument. He did. He didn't score enough. He had one touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's got to score it's touchdowns. What, look, what, look how Julio Jones got utilized in that system. It was like he chunks them down the field, but like once they come to the red zone, like just he wasn't scoring. He's going to be really good. He, I feel like if he's going to play tight end, it just seemed like he kind of got pushed around a little bit. But maybe that was just Matt Ryan not getting the ball. I don't know. I didn't watch enough Falcons games. I did have Kyle Pitts on four of my fantasy teams, and I don't think I'll draft him as early as I did yeah. next you know, year. He just down the, down the stretch, though, once he was healthy, like midway through the season, uh, he actually turned it on. Like, he's a very yeah. good player. It's just they didn't, like, quite figure out how to use him. Like, once Ridley left the team, they were like, all right, well, we got to, like, integrate him now. And I think they actually kind of got better because he just replicated what they did with Julio Jones. Like, yeah. just having that big body, that combination of speed, hands, like, all that stuff. Uh, so he finally came into it around the midway point. But really, it's Chase. And then maybe you want to throw Mac Jones in there because he had the best rookie season of the quarterbacks. But... He's on the best team. And I think like if you look at uh, for me, these kind of awards are always about um, like accomplishment versus expectation. Right. So Mac Jones was brought in to like do exactly what he did. And he didn't really exceed expectations. Like he didn't falter and have like a terrible season either. But he Mm -hmm. didn't like do anything more than I thought he would like Najee Harris also was stepping into a system where he was going to be the lead back. And it was like, okay, for the most part, you were underperforming until the final month of the season. Like you were still doing well. He was leading rookies in rushing, but like his yards per carry was like less than three and a half. And so it was just like, you know, he wasn't quite there yet. And then a guy like Chase was just like, you know, taking the top off of defenses all season long. So I don't think there's any way it can't be Chase. No, it's definitely going to be Chase. I think uh, if Javante Williams would have got more opportunities, he had to split it kind of with Melvin Gordon. He would have been a beast. I think he's going to be a beast next year. Uh, especially, I don't know if they have Gordon under contract again. These teams, like, they think that having two running backs is good. I feel like Denver, they should have just had Williams get the ball every time. Yeah, you need a contingency plan in the NFL because, like we were talking about earlier, that running back position is just, like, every, yeah. every running back gets hurt. I mean, look what happened yeah. to Seattle. Look what happened to Baltimore. Like, it's hard to have an every down back who's not going to eventually just get dinged up enough to you know miss a game here and there. i think Aaron no, jones and I, was hurt for a little bit and dylan had to step in and i'd also say uh elijah mitchell yeah like he, he's yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. win but elijah mitchell came out of nowhere as a sixth round pick so yeah, a rookie pretty damn good season he was a rookie elijah mitchell yeah yeah I thought yeah he was we, we're guy. so dumb we traded up to get trey sermon and all the talk of camp was that trey sermon was going to be the second coming of our running yeah. back yeah. Mostert goes down in the second play, I feel, and they bring in this kid Mitchell and he breaks a long run and Sermon doesn't even see the field, doesn't even get like activated for games. And so obviously the media didn't know in this, you know, there was like a 10 day practice window before the season started um, with the less one less preseason game, I feel. Mm-hmm. And 
people didn't see Mitchell in practice and the team, the 49ers, I think drafted him. I think that they thought he was going to go higher and they made a draft pick for him. I want to say fifth or sixth round where they're like, oh, we have this guy graded as like a third round pick and he's still there. We got to take him. Good thing they took him because he's arguably one of the reasons why we're here, where we are now because of him. He's had a great season, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. he was a rookie. I thought he was a second-year guy for some reason, but... he's a, He was a rook. Yeah, so he deserves to be in that conversation, too. Um, By the way, looking, the PF Pro Football Focus overall grade is best rookie is Creed Humphrey of the Kansas City Chiefs. He has the 92.2. So he ain't uh, going to get offensive rookie of the year. That's center. Yeah, it's a center, center for the Chiefs, who's been amazing. Um, so he ain't going to get it. They won't ever give it to offensive linemen, but they won't. he's been a pretty great rookie. Oh my god! This year, like, it's been hilarious watching like how PFF grades things. It's like there I was know. there was a game where like the highest graded like Bills lineman had given up like four sacks and getting beat all day long, and it was like he got graded in like an eighty, and it was like what Ugh. the fuck game were they watching? Terrible. I don't know. I don't know the metrics behind it, but I, I this is what people look at. But they've become a laughing stock, so I don't know uh, where they get their data. They don't really make that available. But what do you think defensively? Can it be anybody but Micah? No. I think you got to go Micah. I think, um, what, maybe the kid on the Raiders was a pretty good, he was a pretty good corner. Um, the yeah, safety on the Dolphins, ball, right? Javon Holland, right? What? Uh, the the Raiders corner made the Pro Bowl. Did he, Nate Hobbs? Uh, maybe it wasn't Hobbs. They had, they had three guys go to the Pro Bowl. It was Crosby, Carlson, and then one secondary player. Yeah, Nate and Hobbs I, was a pretty damn good corner this year for them. Um, I think Penny Sewell, again, you're not going to give it yeah. to a tackle, but he was awesome for the Lions. They were able to run the ball really well. Perfect for that scheme. Devonta, I don't know that we're doing defense. Um, what, Quiddy Pay, edge rusher yeah. for the, the Colts? Colts, yeah. He was hurt a lot um, this season, though. Yeah, I, I, is Devondre Campbell on the Packers a rookie? I feel like he's been a pretty, maybe he's a second-year guy, but I think Micah was... And Trayvon Diggs is Trayvon. No, Trayvon Diggs is the second guy, second year, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I got to give it to Micah. It's a lock. All right. So, all right, moving on. What, what do you think about head coach, coach of the year? This is always an interesting category because mm -hmm. similar to me or uh, similar to all the other awards, it's like I look at it kind of like um, expectation versus reality, right? Right. So I would say the coach... The coaches for me that delivered the most in that were Arthur Smith for the Falcons. Like mm -hmm. if you would have said the Falcons are going to be competing like as a playoff team at the end of the season, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. Mm -hmm. So they did a lot considering they lost Julio Jones in the offseason. They lost their coach. They lost uh, their middle linebacker. Mm -hmm. and then Ridley stepped away in the first like month of the season. Yeah. You know, their expectations were in the freaking great job. He did a great but, job and he deserves yeah. recognition for it. Okay. And I would say also, uh, the Raiders coach Versace or Versace, uh, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, why can I rich? Versace. 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 Yeah. I always forget. Um, but yeah, he, he at least gets to interview for the job. Uh, after they fired Mike Mayock. So they're going to give him a chance to, I guess, get hired for the job that he just did. But it's the only team in the uh, in the modern era to have an interim head coach take his team to the playoffs. Yeah, tough for me to give it to him for the whole year, though, because how many games did he coach? Uh, I think the Raiders were like five and five and five-ish. Let me see. So about six games he coached? 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Seven games, tough for me to give it to him after only that. But he did a great job. He definitely gets a vote or two. Considering but, what the Raiders went through, though. To, no, I even to step agree. in on those games. The Denver game was the sixth. So that was week after week five was when the John Gruden thing came out. So 10 and games. So yeah, week six, 10, 11, week, 12 games. Week, 11 games because of the bye week, but yeah. So and six, what was his record? Uh, let's see. He went one, two, two, and three, three, and three, three, and five, uh, seven, and five in those games. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. And they, pretty good. Uh, well, they, win. they won four out against Cleveland, against Denver, who was uh, eight and seven at the time, or seven and eight. So, like, Denver was still in the hunt. Cleveland was mm-hmm. still in the hunt. They beat Indy on the road. Uh, who, you know, was in the playoffs at the time that they played uh, and they just like collapsed before that. And then they beat the Chargers who, you know, were a, a fraction away from winning the division at one point. Definitely. So that last month of the season was like the most impressive stretch uh, of it for him. And that says a lot about like what he was able to get out of this team. Yeah. But, you know, not Le- for me. LeFleur is probably going to be the guy, right? I actually think Zach Taylor has more of an argument than than LeFleur. Did Stefanski uh, win it last year for the Browns? I can't remember who won it last year. Because I, I mean, thought he deserved it last year, and so did Sean McDermott, but neither of them got it. I think Stefanski might have got it, though. Um, and so if that's the case, then I then I would agree that Taylor uh, taking a, a team that had a losing record to you know winning the division is a... Yeah, pretty Stefanski won it last year. Okay, so then Taylor will probably get it this year. Three of the last four Coach of the Year winners took their teams at the playoffs. An unspoken requirement. That's what Google's saying as yeah. in their first year as head coach. Uh, they have to do it in their first year as head coach? Three, let me just read this statement. Three of the last four Coach of the Year winners took their teams at the playoffs in their first year as head coach. Okay. So is Zach Taylor's first year? Second year. Second year. Yeah. Who, what other first-year coaches? I mean, Staley. Staley would have done it. For the, the do you know the only first-year coach? Staley was great, but can't give it to him. He's I no. Like, I, I want to like him, but he makes too many decisions that make me upset. They didn't. Um, make the Good only. Word. Do you know the only rookie head coach to make the playoffs? No. And he probably has a good argument. Who's that? Is Nick Sirianni of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I mean, I. I think he deserves credit because that Eagles team was dead in the water with a losing record like midway through the season. Um, so he definitely has a solid case. Uh, but they also kind of like backpedaled into the playoffs a little bit. Like the win over the Saints was important, but then they lose on the road to the Giants, beat a bad Jets team, beat bad Washington, beat bad Giants, beat bad Washington, and then they get smoked by a Cowboys. So it's like you're, you know, you're chewing up on the bottom of the division here no, for four games straight. Uh and you just kind of like, I think they were locked after week 16 or 17. So like, yeah. And the no, Niners I, and the Saints and all these other teams like had to still play to get in. They just had like the weird tie breaks. Um, so the Eagles like both, I think, overachieved and underachieved. Because I thought where they started last season, they should have been better to start this season. Mm-hmm. And then they were, let's see, one and three, two and three, two and five at one point, like in the first uh, seven games of the mm-hmm. season. They beat the Lions to get to three and five Chargers. So they're three and six at that point after they lose to the Chargers in a close one. And so, yeah, yeah they're, they're dead in the water at that point. And then they win one, two, three, four, five, six of their last eight games to sneak in at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Sirianni did a much better job in the second half of the season than he did in the first. And I think that, you know, speaks to 
how the players respond to him because there was every reason to like give up on this season halfway through right it's like all right we'll just we'll work on getting better for next season like playoffs are not realistic um but they stuck with it and so i think that says a lot about uh you know his potential future with the team and speaking to our mutual friend who is an eagles fan i was like so what do you think of sirianni he's like yeah the book the book is still out yeah i mean listen you get to the playoffs in your first year i don't care if you blimp in the nfl is fucking hard yeah, and, and Nick Sirianni definitely deserves to be nominated, but I think Zach Taylor taking that Bengals team from where it was last year to this year, that's progress, and that's Coach of the Year, in my opinion. All right, I'm going to give it to Basaccia just okay. because that Raiders team was a freaking train wreck when he took over. It was. And they had to deal with so so much non-football stuff just yeah, to get those guys and focused. And I guess most the players are saying he's a great players coach if you ask them they're like yeah we want him back next year i think a lot of the reason the raiders stayed together and won games was their quarterback i think Derek carr's a beast yeah carr's been in the league for uh, eight years now i I just love you know what it is is when you're a quarterback you're a leader he's a good leader when you're a leader you're setting the example and all this shit's happening and they're asking david carr and he's at the media and he has the best answers and he is the most positive and i know in the huddle they trust him and that took that team as far as it could go. He was right there, but his quarterbackness of trying to force the ball to Zay Jones as many times as you possibly can over the middle yeah. didn't work. Uh, he needs to be better and figure out, you know, maybe that's also play calling, uh, but he could only take him so far. So I give more credit to the Raiders to him than probably Basaccia, but okay. um, I'm going to give it to Zach Taylor. All right. Uh, what other awards are there even? We did um, how defensive about, player of the year. Defensive player of the year? Yeah. So I think defensive player of the year, the lock is probably TJ Watt. Yeah. Right? Didn't he break a sack record? The dude tied it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a freaking beast when he's on the field. Single handedly, when that when the Steelers didn't have him, I'm like, there's no way they can win without right. Watt. When he's on the field, they could win any game. Yeah. Um, but he he's my lock, which and I'm biased on this, but I think Nick Bosa deserves some votes as well. I know I'm giving Nick Bosa definitely um well the next award is comeback player of the year let's give him comeback defensive player of the year is there two there's no there's just comeback player of the year but whatever this is this is our award show we can do what we want so definitely give nick beckles a comeback player comeback defense player of the year i think he should be in the running for defensive mvp even though he doesn't get the sacks he just his presence on the field if you go back and watch film he's attributed to all the other sacks that these guys have gotten and he's the reason why our weak secondary isn't terrible because we get pressure on the quarterback and that's why i think we can beat aaron Rodgers tomorrow we get pressure on the quarterback with four that's how you beat the best quarterbacks in the nfl that's the week that's the kryptonite to brady that's the kryptonite to Rodgers. if you can get them without blitzing because when you blitz these guys they're too good i hate when we blitz every time when the 49ers blitz it seems like one of these amazing quarterbacks figures us out and nick bosa deserves many different votes for that award but it's probably going to go to tj watt yeah because like you said i think with the way that like watt transforms the defense like there's such a noticeable difference between how they play with him and how they play without him yeah and like not to knock bosa but like he played all season didn't he it it shouldn't count yeah it shouldn't count against him but it's like tj watt missed some games and still tied the sack record uh for sure and so it was like there was just like a bigger contrast between like oh this is the Steelers without him just getting throttled all the time and then this is the Steelers with him like oh he can make a play he scored the first touchdown against the Chiefs. Uh, beast. Yeah, he was the what only guy play. doing anything for them for the first three what quarters. What a of that great game. play he made right there. 
I know. To think that they were up seven nothing in that game and then lost like what forty two to twenty one. Yeah, that's that's throttled in the second half. When you don't have, you could have a great defense, but if you can't move the ball, you're the Baltimore Ravens of the year they won, and you have to hold teams to yeah. fourteen points if you want to win the game because you just don't have the offense. Well, these quarterbacks nowadays. I don't know if the Baltimore Ravens with Ray Lewis and all those guys could hold Mahomes to 14 points. No, that's why you see the best team in football this year, like the Bills, like 17 points. And it's like, all right, 17 is still really good. But yeah, like, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was like sub 14 was realistic Yeah, uh, for an excellent defense. And that's just not the case anymore. So I will say, yeah, Bosa coming back from uh, was ACL, right? Yeah. So you see that the guy like Cooper Cup is now in his full second year back from ACL repair. Beast. Yeah, and because they use that Achilles tendon to replace the ACL yeah. and it's a stronger tendon. So I yeah. think now that he's fully confident that his knee is back, you're seeing like the how high the ceiling is for Cup. Yeah, it kind and of I think we've seen that from Bosa down the second half of this season. Like now that he's like fully confident that like his knee is back, like he's played really well down yeah. the stretch for the 49ers. Yeah, it's so funny that the, the technological advancements in athletic surgery are beyond and you see these guys have these terrible career-ending injuries come back better it's not happening just in football in baseball a guy gets tommy john surgery his arm comes back rookie of the year style like yeah. he, is, <laughs> he is better like it's the, the quick twitch tendons or whatever that they put in there make his arm better and stronger and you're right it takes a year for the confidence to come back and in the beginning, he wasn't as Nick Bosa-like as we wanted him to be, but they were still double-teaming him. And it just got to a point now, like that first sack the 49ers had against the Cowboys last week, that stunt, right, where yeah. they had him like go around and come through the middle. He is so fast. Yeah, they wrecked the Cowboys' protections. That was the best offensive line in the league, I thought. Like that and the Colts. They're the highest, they're the highest paid and the biggest. Yeah. I don't I don't know that they're the best. It's in, It'll be interesting to see because like – Teams like Tampa and uh, Green Bay are built more specifically to protect the guy throwing the ball behind them. Where mm -hmm. you look at the Colts, the, that's a that's an offensive that's a that's a running offensive line. Um, the Browns, right. that's a a running offensive line. Yeah. So like it's a, it's a little different scheme. Like the Bills are in the middle of like figuring out like the balance of what they need to maximize their offense as well. Um, but yeah, like they made the they made the Cowboys' offensive line look four which they're not but they stuff the run so it's like all right now you have to throw and we can kind of just like pin our ears back and they really confuse the protections very well against them they left they left too many one-on-ones against cd lamb and Dak couldn't take advantage so i think you know they'll have to come back with a little different uh coverage scheme against rogers because you don't want adams running with like a 10 well, position every snap you know what in the first game earlier in the season week three and we'll talk about this tomorrow, but the 49ers were a completely different team on both sides of the ball. And we lost that game by two points at the buzzer because Aaron Rodgers was amazing in that last stretch. We didn't have our starting corners, but Adams, I want to say, had like 18 targets, 12 to 18 targets. He They, they pepper him, and they're going to try and do that again. And even if you know he's getting the ball, it's tough to defend. Obviously, you have to bracket him and dedicate one guy to him along with the high safety and make Aaron Rodgers go other places. He doesn't have MVS, right? So all he has is Lazard and Cobb. And I'm probably shooting myself and saying this, but I'm not scared of Cobb anymore. Um, it's Lazard who is the guy that if the Packers want to win, he's going to have single coverage. And if Aaron can find him, 
in the amount of time, that could be a big game for Alan Lazard. And I guess Cobb could have a big game. I just haven't seen it this year from him. Yeah, Scantling is down doubtful right now. Yeah, they already pulled uh, him out. Uh, you got Equinemius. These, I mean, Equinemius' first ever playoff game in the freezing weather against one of the most physical teams in the NFL. Yeah. Like Aaron Jones is going to have to not fumble for them to... Aaron Jones is going to have to be healthy in the first game. He had, I think, 85 yards. And again, I'll say this stat tomorrow. When the 49ers hold a team under 86 yards rushing, they're undefeated. When the Packers get Devontae Adams over 100 yards receiving, they are undefeated this year. They also are undefeated at home. So there's those are the keys to the game. Can they contain Adams or do you just let Adams do what he wants and try to contain others? But I feel like you have to stop Adams. And the 49ers need to stop that dual rushing attack. They do. So what what other awards are on the docket? I think we covered most of them. So what like, comeback player of the year is the actual award. Yeah. So I would love to Burrow give it to Dak, right? I mean, both. I would love to give it to Bosa. Uh, well, we'll give him defensive comeback player of the year. We'll split I think it. You have to give it to Burrow over Dak. I'm sorry. Burrow's year this year was arguably an MVP type season. Led his team to the playoffs for the first time. Um, dude is a beast. And I think if, if if gun to my head, comeback player of the year, I'm voting, I think I'd have to vote for Burrow. Interestingly enough, that chart that we were looking at either, I did not include Dak and I didn't even think to. So of the six quarterbacks I included, he wasn't one of them. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, I mean, I think the Cowboys had a great year. They scored a lot of points, but they were in a weak division. I think that has to go into it. Joe Burrow is playing the Steelers. He's playing the defensive player of the year twice. He's playing the Ravens twice who are never an easy don't care who very tough division yeah and they're playing the cleveland browns with miles garrett and then a tough you know denzel ward another tough defense so he's doing that he had to play the 49ers like joe burrow had an mvt type season and after coming off that acl i think it was acl for him also right yeah it was like acl pcl and mcl yeah so i want to give it to him he deserves it i think i'm biased on bosa but it's probably going to go to burrow yeah, I mean, Dak had the nastier injury, so the fact that like he came back and played at a high level at all is pretty damn impressive. But yeah, yeah. I would lean towards Burrow as well. But I think, you know, Dak deserves credit. But there's, you know, the reason I didn't include him in the MVP conversation is because of the kind of shit that we saw at the end of that playoff game. So, uh, what else? What else we got? What I think that's it. That's all the awards they give out. I know you got to go do something at noon. So, I got. I'd love to talk the playoff football. You're trying to save it. I know we're trying to save it. Well, because the only day that both you and Kristen can do is tomorrow morning. Well, can uh, by the way, uh, if we push it back to like ten, can she do that or no? Yeah, or she, she can. can. It's just the playoff game starts at one thirty, so the earlier the better in terms of me being able to like yeah. produce it on the back end. I got invited to a basketball game tomorrow from eight to ten a.m. That I'd like to play. Oh. In, so well, yeah, you're fun. not going to be available at ten then. Ten fifteen. Ten thirty. Ten. Let's. Well, you guys can start at ten fifteen, and I'll jump in. Uh, I mean, I guess just ten thirty for an hour at eleven thirty takes you how long to edit it and get it up? It's not the editing; it's the waiting for the Upload. download of yeah. this particular recording. Well, we so, could do it earlier. I mean, Kristen can. Kristen will be up, but depends how early you're going to be. Are you trying to be up at seven to do this before you go play basketball? I don't think. Yeah, so. I'll do it. Yeah, if you get up. Uh, all right, let me talk to Chris then. And okay, sorry. I love. I have. I need some. I need to like sweat out what's inside me. <laughs> I hope there's no more. Like I tested negative. I'm coming off COVID. 
this guy, the, I told these guys, I'm like, I'm boosted, vaccinated, and I'm tested negative. Are you sure you still want me to come play? Like, I haven't sweat the shit out. I don't know God, if there's scientific... Is, is there any <laughs> science to that? Like, this dude, you know, had it, hasn't done a crazy sweat yet. Is, is it inside me? I think it's done. So I think it should be okay. Take like a hot Epsom salt bath or something. Oh, I have been. The night before and then just sweat I it out. Been. I have been. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, man. Of course. I love talking football. Of course. And we got four games on deck tomorrow. The best weekend. This is the best weekend. The, 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 the championship weekend, you only get two games. Yeah. But arguably, these are four AFC, NFC championships, in my opinion. The Rams, Bucks could be an NFC championship. The Niners, Packers with NFC championship two years ago. I think we are two years to the day. The 49ers beating the Packers with Raheem Mostert scoring four touchdowns. Uh, the, the Titans and Bengals could be an AFC championship game. And the obvious AFC championship game is the, the Sunday night marquee matchup That's between right. your team and the Chiefs. The main event of the weekend. It's it a is. weird. It's a weird three thirty start, but yeah. So we got one thirty Saturday, five fifteen Saturday noon, uh, Sunday, and then Pacific time, Sunday yeah. all Pacific times for our East Coast listeners, if there are any. I can't wait. This is my favorite weekend of football of the year. It's like two Super Bowl days. I will treat each day like a Super Bowl day. Definitely treat tomorrow night like a Super Bowl day. We're ordering wings and. And I, I don't like watching the games with other people. I like texting with you. Like that was really fun to text with you over the weekend. Yeah. Kind of like what's happening in the game. That's fun. I probably should be tweeting that out. It would probably increase my Twitter followers. But I just like yeah. texting with you um, about what's happening. And I don't like watching the games with other people when my team is playing. Are you the same way? Uh, Yeah, it depends. Like if I were watching the game with like uh last week game like if clayton were here and like cheering for the patriots i'd be like shut the fuck up yeah i don't want to hear you cheering for the patriots in my home leave now <laughs> for sure for sure i i also like because one of my buddies he's one of is one of my best friends uh he wants the packers to win because he drafted packers in these fantasy leagues we're in and and gotcha. i'm sure he probably so he thinks the he's packers invested. Are gonna he's invested he's invested so i don't want to invite him over and fucking, you know, a, a turnover happens and he gets excited. That is not what I want. I want to yeah. wear my 80s 49ers jacket. I'm standing up the whole time. I am like in the huddle. I feel like I'm a part of the game. And, you know, I, uh, Jennifer wants to cut my hair. And I'm like, no, we're not doing anything different. <laughs> okay. I'm not cutting this hair. I know I need a haircut. But I would, if they cut, if I cut this hair and the 49ers lose tomorrow, I'm going to think it's my fault. Like, yeah. that's how crazy I am so fair enough uh you know we have our like thing when we watch the bills uh and it's just you know i'm all like good energy like even when they lost in the title game last year uh -huh. like had i been watching that at like a party or something and they lost i would have been probably more frustrated but like we're at home i'm like look it took them a long time to be able to get back to this level like i'm on social media like twitter and people are already like complaining like oh this team doesn't deserve to be on the field with the Chiefs and blah blah and it's like so you're watching like some of the fans implode and I'm like come on man like it was 20 years of darkness yeah. to like get to the point where you're playing an AFC title game and it's like yeah they got beat by a team that's been to the Super Bowl like th there's not really a lot to be ashamed of there like it could have gone differently but now heading into this game remembering how that game went last year seeing digs on the sideline like watching mm -hmm. the chiefs celebrate like i think it's 364 days to the day yeah that that game happened so makes sense yeah it's time 
it's, so, it's time. Uh, I'll, be in the and, zone. I'll be geared up in my bill stuff and you should be. be I, on the I, grids and. If there was, I'm a huge 49ers fan and I think it's our year every year, but if there's one team that looks like it's their year, it's your boy and those Buffalo Bills. And I think it's poetic justice that the first round was the Patriots yeah. and the second round is the Chiefs. And I am shocked that more analysts are not picking the Bills. There are some, there are more than last time picking the bills. I don't see how you could pick the chiefs in this game. If you watched NFL football this year, like the chiefs could win, but if I had a, a gun to my head based on how teams are playing and what the bills did to the chiefs in Kansas city in week five, I don't, it's the same chiefs team. And yeah, they switched some things up defensively that have given their defense like new life. But I think the game that would be most comparable would be the game against Cincinnati that they just blew a 14 point lead to the Bengals. Like the Bills have a better offense and a better defense than the Bengals. Yeah. So. The Bills arguably have the best defense left in the playoffs. Uh, and there's an added element that the Bills have this year that they didn't have last year. And his name is Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary looks much different than he did last year. It's amazing what an offensive line, like with some schemes will do for your running game. And staying committed to that player, right? Like he, for some reason, he wasn't the guy. They were trying to get Moss the ball. They were trying to get Breda the ball. But then at some point they realized like, we need a, a stud. And, and I don't know if there was a conversation that Sean McDermott had, how he doesn't have a coach of the year uh, award is beyond. He should have gotten the last couple of years. Should have got it last year for Should have sure, got right? it last year. Stefanski uh, getting into the playoffs with a loser Browns team, though, yeah. getting to 10-11 wins was impressive, and I didn't hate him for it. So, But you know what's so funny is two years ago, Josh Allen had that, that like, he played, was it the Texans they played, and he was a beast? Yeah. Uh, and and he, he, he had four or five touchdowns, and then the next week, I think they lost, but he still had a good game, and he was a beast. And then last year, I thought we'd see that same beast in him, but we didn't. He didn't have a very good playoffs. I don't remember why. What was the reasoning? Um, they got to the AFC Championship, but he wasn't that same, like, just offensive juggernaut. And I saw that in game one. He, what, they're saying the perfect NFL game? Pretty yeah, close. Yeah, he, 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 I mean, the first team to not, they scored a touchdown every single possession. Uh, he's locked in, and they're on a mission. And when they, when I told you in that first week, when they took down the playoff caliber and put up Super Bowl caliber, it looked like it in that first game. It and did. I think they're ready for the Chiefs this year. I think so, too. I mean, this team was built to beat the Chiefs. So, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more tomorrow when we go through all the games. I'm going to do my researching tonight so that I can get at least ahead on that. And uh, I'll see you. We'll see you in tomorrow. the morning if you want to do seven. Okay. Uh, seven to eight. Seven, I, I, I'm going to leave at 7.45. So if you really want a full hour with me, you could do 6.45. I'm getting up at 6.30. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this basketball game is so wild. Like, I just need to work out. I love playing in it. I hate waking up, but I love playing in it because the rest of the day, you just feel good. And I want to feel good watching the 49ers, Packers. It's the Super Bowl. Uh, I love it. Can't wait. All right. Well, I will discuss... Discuss my, if you can. My other partner, and we'll we'll figure out a time that works best for all of us, and we'll go. Okay, cool. All right, bro. Thanks for all stopping right, by.
Yep. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. See ya. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help. So if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at thescheiss.com or at Scheiss Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills. Mm-hmm.